Welcome to this episode of the Autism Annex Podcast. And if you're listening first thing in 2023, Happy New Year. I'm your host, John Andrew Slominski. And in today's episode, we talk generalization. That term, generalization, is much more than a six-syllable, 194 Scrabble point word. And yes, I checked. It carries a lot of importance for teaching and learning, especially for children on the autism spectrum. It's also something that STAR Autism Support has carefully considered when developing the STAR links and solar curricula for the sake of empowering students to use their skills effectively and independently. If you're an educator, please consider sharing this episode with your students' families and caregivers. Here's my guest. My name's Mistin Daniels. Welcome, Mistin, and thanks for being on the podcast. You've worked on the Solar Curriculum Generalization Team. Could you give us a definition of what generalization is? The, the part that I'm working on is the caregiver generalization piece. And generalization just refers to learning one skill in one place and then being able to apply it in another set of circumstances with other individuals. Okay, so when we generalize, we're using skills in a variety of ways, in a variety of environments and situations. Pretty essential stuff for navigating the world and since we're a show about autism, why is that especially important for students on the spectrum? Sometimes for the students that we work with, generalization doesn't come naturally. It's something that needs to be planned. Right. And so I'm going to be focusing on planning for those practice opportunities in both the home and community settings. From our conversations I understand that in addition to your considerable professional experience in the special education field, you have a very close personal connection to this work. Could you share a little bit about that? I have been in the field for over 20 years now, and I, I feel very fortunate. I have had the pleasure of working in not only the schools, but also the homes as well. So I've Throughout my career, I've worked alongside families, um, which I thought I was very fortunate because it gave me both perspectives. So not only was I able to get the school perspective, but I was able to get the home perspective as well. And now I have an additional perspective to add on to that because I have two young kids, both who are neurodiverse. So now I have that personal parent perspective to bring um, to my professional career as well. So let's chat a little bit about these solutions to this generalization question. For listeners who don't already know the new social-emotional learning curriculum called SOLAR, in a nutshell, what is it and how does it work? So the, the SOLAR program, it is focusing on the social and emotional areas of development for the students that we're working with. And one of the really nice things about this program is it follows a scope and sequence. So it really is looking across areas such as communication, friendship, perspective taking, and it is following a developmental order in which we would teach these very necessary skills. Within the SOLAR ecosystem, could you paint a picture of what's happening at school, what's happening at home, and how solar connects the two? 
Sure. So let's take the lesson of emotions for our example. So at school, a child is going to be taught uh, through this specific lesson how to not only identify emotions, but how to maybe give examples of different scenarios in which they might feel a different emotion or different ways to express these emotions. And so they're going to have multiple practice opportunities at school on how to use this skill. Sure. A difficulty some kids have is taking what they just have been learning at school and now applying it in other settings. So they would come home, the families recognize this is an area of need for their child. It is an area that they have been struggling with, but they don't necessarily know what to do about that. And the child isn't necessarily coming home and just naturally practicing and using these newly learned skills. That's that generalization piece. They're not just naturally generalizing the skill learned at school into the home or community settings now. And so that's where this specific part of solar comes into play is we very intentionally and in a planned way create opportunities for the generalization to happen, which just means for the child to take the newly acquired skill they learned at school and now apply it at home with their caregivers, out in the community with community members that they come in contact with. You mentioned that families and caregivers are often able to identify that their child is struggling with certain social and emotional skills. And I imagine also that determining what to do next and how to help is a real challenge for people in the home who are not specialists. Such a good point about the variability in caregivers' comfort, understanding, and background in terms of what it is they can be doing to help their kids at home. Personally, I think it begins with knowing what am I supposed to be doing? What should my focus be? Because as a parent of a child who is neurodiverse, there are so many things that you are always seeing and thinking about in terms of what your child may need support with. And sometimes it's difficult if you don't have this background um, to be able to see it in a more specific way. You don't know where to begin. Um, you might not even know, you, you know the struggle, but you don't even have a name sometimes for the struggle. And so I believe that's where it begins, is being able to hear from your teacher, from your providers, like, give me a name for what it is I'm supposed to be working with. And so maybe the name I'm going to hear is, we are working on interpreting others' feelings. Great. I finally have a name for this struggle that I've been having at home. And then the next step would be, so what am I supposed to do to teach this? And again, that's where the information we're going to give to caregivers really comes into play because it's going to have a name of a specific skill or set of skills that we are going to be working on. And then it's going to break it down. Here are different ways or different places in your life and in your day where you could be practicing it and giving very specific examples. At mealtime, you could do X, Y, and Z to work on this specific skill. Um, when you are headed out to the library or the playground, here are three things you could do to address this one specific skill. Um, so I, I believe it really begins with knowing exactly what to teach and then that next step of give me some beginning understanding of now how to teach it. And with that teaching, both the what and the how, 
There's a two-way street between school and home, right? In that people involved in the child's home life likely have insights that educators don't and vice versa. Absolutely. That, that is a very critical piece as well. Parents, they just have a very unique perspective. Um, as a parent, they see things that the teachers may never see. And speaking of this generalization piece, there are going to be ways in which a child acts, behaves, performs at home that they might not act, behave, perform that way at school um, because it's just very unique to the home environment. So just really trying to create that full picture of the child, what their needs are, how they learn best, um, what their strengths are, what their unique needs are. The parent can fill in those pieces for the team. So one thing that is, is part of the solar generalization piece in terms of what will happen at home there is a form that can be filled out by the caregivers that gives information back to the school team about how has the child been doing working on practicing this new skill in the home and in the community environments? Is there any specific information that needs to be relayed to the team? Does the family or caregiver need specific information or tools from the school that would make it even easier to generalize into the home. Um, so absolutely, that communication is and should be a two-way street. Miston, I think we know a bit about educators and families' experiences in teaching generalization in social skills, but I wonder about the students' perspectives. It's probably not fair to speculate on what students' experiences are without them present, but I wonder ideally in your mind, what are the values or what are some of the outcomes that you hope they might experience? Uh, you know, in terms of the value for our children, I'm going to have to make some assumptions because, as you mentioned, we don't know exactly what is going on in terms of their thinking unless they express it to us somehow. So I am going to to do a little bit of assuming here. But I believe that all of us, whether we have a neurodiverse brain, a, a more neurotypical brain, I believe all of us want connection, human connection. Um, and I think that's part of what this gets at is we are, we are talking about a, a population that for various reasons is having a difficult time with the way they are connecting to others in terms of establishing a, a healthy, strong, positive social and emotional connection to, to their peers, to familiar adults in their life. And that's what we are starting to really get at through the solar curriculum in a way that research has proven is an effective way of teaching for the population that we're discussing. And so it begins at the school in, again, a very systematic, structured way, trying to break down these, these very big skills in terms of when you're talking about forming connections with others. How do you break that down? What does that look like? What exactly is the discrete skill or set of skills that 
need to take place for a connection to happen. And it's being taught initially at the school level, but I think what it gives to our children being able to focus on generalizing it in the community and in their home setting, it it comes back to that connection piece because all families look different. Um, It's not uncommon though for the kids that we're focusing on to have siblings in the home, to have extended families with cousins, um, grandparents, parents, um, extended family units. Some of them are in childcare settings after school. Some of them are in after school activities or sports of some kind. So many times in their day where connections can be formed. And if that's something that is challenging or difficult for them to do, I, I would think that's really what this gives them is an opportunity to be able to start to make those positive connections. One of the reasons I've been really excited for this conversation, Miston, is that you have a unique perspective as someone with considerable experience in special education and as the parent of neurodiverse children. As a parent and educator myself, I'm really curious to know your thoughts on where these experiences as both a professional and a parent overlap. Absolutely. Now, now being, being the parent, you know, you, you see, um, you see a, a whole different side to things, you know, I having been in, well, I'm still an educator, but having been in the schools, of course I know, everything that the schools have to deal with, that they're not just thinking about and working with my child. They have a classroom of many um, and, and they have a very hard job. And I've, I've experienced it. I've seen it firsthand. Our educators have our children for a finite period of time. As a parent, I always have the back of my mind. Yes, my child might be nine, 10 years old right now, what does this look like when they're 13? What does it look like when they're 15, when they're 22 and so on? I have them for life. And so just for, you know, for, for that reason, just alone, um, I'm going to, to see things differently and address things, I guess, differently than the educator that's working with them for, for this year. Um, You know, and something that, So, for example, one of my children, um, speaking specifically here about the social and emotional learning piece of things, he is having some challenges right now socially at school. And he wants friends and he wants to be part of the group. He recognizes that he's not. He even knows on a level, what he needs to do to be able to be part of the group and establish these friendships. But he is telling us, I can't do it. He, he just is unable to take the steps that we are trying to support him in taking to be able to meet this goal that he wants to meet, which is I want to have somebody to play with at recess. I want these friendship groups. These skills that we're discussing, just in my experience, they're 
they are not something that are quick and easy to address. Um, this is, I mean, we're really talking long-term here and that it's going to be daily effort to, to make these changes. Um, because I do believe that this is an area of development that has a lot of nuances and, and is just challenging for, for so many reasons. But going back to one of the things you had asked earlier about the importance of communication between home and school, both directions of that. Again, if I use my one child as an example, it, it's critical because not only do they see that we are a team and a community of people who love them and have their best interests at heart, but they are getting consistent messages. And that's really important, especially for kids who are neurodiverse, is having that consistency across um, people and across situations and places. My guest today is Mistin Daniels, educator, parent, and contributor to the Solar Curriculum. Mistin, thank you. I've learned so much. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This was, I, I love talking about it. It's a, it's a passion professionally, it's a passion personally. Um, so I really enjoyed this. And some of your questions, they, they got me thinking and, um, and I will think well beyond just our time together right here about, about some of the things you, um, you brought up today. Listeners, if you liked today's episode of the Autism Annex podcast, please consider sharing it with someone who'd enjoy it as well. The Autism Annex podcast was developed by Star Autism Support. I'm your host, John Andrew Slominski. In next month's episode, I have an enlightening conversation with Dr. Daniel Geshwind, Professor of Genetics, Neurology, and Psychiatry at UCLA, and the world's leading expert on genetics and neurobiology in autism. It's a conversation not to be missed, and I hope you'll join us. Until then, take good care of yourself and one another. <laughs>